Well, the week is done. The Cheltenham Festival 2017 is over. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast uh, brought to you with our friends at BetBright. I've only brought two of the Revolving Door podcast Cheltenham preview members back into the studio. Demo is here as normal. Demo. How are you, Dean? I'm doing okay. Thank you. And uh, Dave McGurin. How are you doing, Dean? As I said, doing okay, and we need to go through the uh, well. What happened in the hurly burly of the Cheltenham Festival? Did you enjoy the week, lads? Let's kick off with that first. Fantastic week, but uh, definitely my my worst ever punting Cheltenham. I've been uh, blogging out for eight eight years, Dean, and uh, yeah, by far by far the worst the worst punting week. It all started so well at Bouvard Air, and then just it all went uh, all went pitong. Dave, you yeah. would have been very busy during the week. How did it fly for you? So we could happily forget. I think it was my worst Cheltenham since Valor Mix uh, was killed in the champion hurdle. That was a bad it was one. an absolute disaster. Went into the week with some nice anti-post positions, and yeah, it just was a tough Cheltenham. Wow, this could be an interesting review considering of the two of the narkiest men who, uh, who watched <laughs> watched Cheltenham. I, I had a very uh, good week, not necessarily all about making money, but no, I, no, I had a brilliant a racing week. week. I had a good week at the festival, looking after Hector and uh, Tuffers for the Bet Bright Cup, who seemed to enjoy themselves. Although Tuffers didn't have a lot to cheer. Let's kick off with uh, day one uh, of the Cheltenham Festival, and Lebake winning the Supreme was the uh, it's the biggest aftertime horse I've ever heard. Although Dermot, I'll give you a pre timer because you tried to give him a shout on the preview and uh, was shut down by Noel Hayes if anyone remembers I think you were just about to move on to Lebeke and Noel said let's move on yeah I actually had said the phrase I want to talk about Lebeke for a minute I I said he was a very talented horse and if he jumped off he'd have every chance and it was quickly moved on but uh, <laughs> I'm, not even sure. I'm not even sure you got that line out <laughs> like I uh, like uh, look uh, in fairness to I I did a blog there afterwards and I didn't even mention him. Um, yeah. He was clearly very talented, clearly very well thought of. The fact they brought him was probably enough of a tiff in itself, but as a punter, it, it's a massive leap of faith to go um, back, you know, on Fancy Horse, really, who hadn't jumped off three times. Of course it was. Um, he was very lucky that he could even run because Jack just didn't stop at him at Nace and he went off a furlong behind everything else. But had he not gone off that day, he wouldn't have been able to have run at Cheltenham. So, like... I mean, Jack actually did. It was two great rides by Jack Kennedy, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, the one before and that one. You know, so like, but um, to be honest, Dean, the one I take out, I love LeBake. Again, that's still going to be an ongoing problem with him. Um, the fact he jumped off in the UK, Gordon Elliott put it all down to the bigger whip. Um, which I heard it was a yellow cattle prod. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I don't think they had it down at the start with them anyway. But the, um, but it's you know it's very hard now to back on him each time. I thought Mellon ran an absolute screamer. He did everything wrong. Ruby took pulls thinking he was going so well, and um, I think going forward the two of them are proper champion hurdle horses. We thought it was a very bad supreme. It could well prove to be a very bad supreme, but I thought the first two were very good. I yeah. thought the first two pulled it clear enough from the rest of the field to suggest it's a decent supreme. Yeah. I mean, we. I know everybody, I mean, I've never heard a horse more after times than the bake. I don't know anybody <laughs> who didn't too. back it afterwards. And yeah, I yeah. mean, how started at 25 to 1 when everybody was on it is beyond me. I know. Uh, I mean, he that's a horse that caused trouble even in the stalls on the flat. Uh, it's that obviously got bundles and bundles of talent. But, you know, you, you're going to have to back it in running. You can't really back it until, until you know he's off. And uh, I thought the two pulled clear enough. I thought uh, Mellon is going to improve a lot. I mean, it's only a second run. Uh, he made some minor mistakes early in the race as well. And I, I, think, I think the two of them could prove to be very, very decent horses. Very um, interesting ride, I thought, from Ruby on Mellon because I, de- I definitely saw two pulls during the race to try and get him 
a little bit more relaxed and then a yeah. third one I think and then when LeBake comes past him I wonder if he'd ride the race again whether he'd finish in front of LeBake or certainly finish a bit closer to him I don't think he saw LeBake at all no um, and no. I think when he looked around and saw that the other market principals were in trouble um, I'd say he thought I'm going so well here yeah. I have it um, and Jack Kennedy that was an apt like for again a 17 year old he was on this podcast before I haven't shut up about him uh, he was brilliant on the pony racing circuit and look Dean he's transferred it across I mean he was taking polls as well um, I mean the cheek of him to be tracking Ruby Walsh at the age of 17 going into to Cheltenham um, he's just a superb jockey it was a brilliant ride and again the first two going forward now are very interesting I think we have two really good champion hurdlers for next year I would have liked to have seen the, the race uh, you know get a bit more depth if Andy had made that horrendous mistake be hampered. I thought he was put out. He, he never ran his race, and I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. yeah, I would have liked to have seen him run his race to give, you know, to, to give some depth to the form. Yeah, but he had a nightmare trip. In fairness, he, he, he did, did have a yeah. nightmare trip. Yeah, yeah. he did. Um, okay, well, I mean, a breakthrough for Jack Kennedy. LeBake, probably the biggest aftertime horse of the Cheltenham Festival. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that's my call and Dave McGurran. So we'll stand by that. It was a breakthrough as well for a young man called JJ Slevin, and he'll be on the podcast a little bit later on after winning uh, a Bull Champagne Classic in the Martin Pipe. But we'll stick with uh, day one. Um, Altior, I've heard a lot of nonsense that Charbel would have beaten Altior. Absolutely not a hope in hell he would have beaten Altior the way Altior finished from the back of the last to the line. But uh, I'm happy to take your views. It would be very interesting. Uh, I don't think he would have beaten him. I think Altior would have won, but it would. It wasn't done. It wasn't. It, you can't say possibly that it was over and done because Charbel was going very well. But Charbel was also going very well in the Henry the Fifth Novices Chase at Sandown, at Sandown when when Altior went through every single uh, fence that day in the first circuit, and Altior still had too much at the end for him. Altior isn't uh, really that flashy a horse, let's say. Um, he gets the job done really, really well and uh, he was just kicking into overdrive as well I think Altior definitely would have beaten him and um, yeah just felt sorry for Charbel he didn't deserve uh, it but Charbel was going to finish second for sure a brilliant a, a second massive race and I think also the one that did finish second in Cloudy Dream has run a very good race as well Dave but what did you, you make of the Arco? yeah I mean he I wouldn't say he was lethargic, but I, it just after he didn't look flashy. He didn't. He didn't look the real article in it, and he was just he won. What does he like? He was very impressive. I think out here he looks an absolutely serious talent. Uh, I don't think he looked at his best at Cheltenham, mm. and I wasn't that impressed with the race. But I still think he's the he's the one to beat now. He looks he looks head and shoulders above everybody in that division. It's unfortunate Min didn't get to go there yeah. because I mean again that form of the Supreme is just working out incredibly well. Uh, Min looked really decent with Road to Respect has come out and frank that form yeah. uh, the third home Ordinary World ran tour that day uh, and if you want to take the distance with Ordinary World uh, you'd, you'd have to say Min would have made a race of it with Altier or you would hope he would have Yeah, but I think Altier is better than he, sh- he showed at Cheltenham um, uh, in the article yeah I agree I, I don't think they went quick enough for him which is why he might have looked a little bit lethargic also he bashed up a load of um you know, proper championship class chasers if there yeah. are any around the time before so he's entitled to leave a little the, little bit of that behind let's talk about uh, the following grade one we'll talk about the handicaps as well after but Bubar dare win the champion hurdle Dermo you were mad mad keen and uh, the only horse in the race really that could travel and jump slickly at that kind of pace in the end came clear yeah Dean look he's a he's a brilliant horse I mean that at supreme form as Dave mentioned I mean there was three winners from it in the week um, you know it's one of the best supremes really 
in a long time since that year's Winter Sacra and Q card etc just with the pure depth of it but um, he's a brilliant horse team because that ground necessarily wouldn't have been perfect for him um, you know he which is why he went off at 5 to 1 5 to 1 he was 11 to 2 in the, the morning he was favourite all the way up to the race after they declared that you know I had a lot of anti-post slips with 7 to 2 in them it nearly broke my heart <laughs> And off five ah, to you're one. better off having them than oh god of course winning slips than the rest of the slips I have for the week but the, um, look he uh, he's a brilliant horse um, he's really really good I see he's evens at entry in oh, over two mile four which will suit him fine um, and as well as that he he'd be given seven pounds to Apple's Jade I really fancy him to, to win that as well Dean but yeah. um, just on the day he travelled he jumped he was going so well Noel Feely gave him a peach and I just think he's um, he's a proper champion hurdle horse, and I really look forward to seeing him again next year with, against maybe more more champion hurdle like types. Dave, you went mad keen on the on the champion hurdle when we talked on the preview. No, uh, no, and it was one race. It's probably one of the few champion hurdles I wasn't going to have a bet in. Yeah, uh, I'd kind of sided with Petit Monsieur as probably just the safest each way option. Rallis race, Rallis race. I think everybody. I think there was no hard luck stories in the race. I think it was running a decent pace and best horse won I mean he was impressive when he won uh, the problem the problem with a lot of the championship races this year is we're missing a lot of names and I, I think they looked on the surface substandard they may well prove not to be they may it may well prove to be an exceptional champion hurdle my winner. tenny always good yardstick isn't it I haven't finished it's I mean, also yeah, good exactly. yardstick yeah. second tenny yeah. power last year the and same distance really yeah yeah, I mean, it could prove to be a really good champion hurdle, but it's just a pity that we didn't get to see. Of course, it is. You know, Fahid and, and, and Annie Power and some of the big names this year. Yeah. And it just gave a substandard look to the championship races, I thought, this year. Yeah. Two uh, Rich Richie guns ran in the uh, mayor's hurdle, and both of them were beaten by Apple's Jade. So. I, th- I was delighted to see them all line up because it made it a proper race but Apple's Jade coming out on top probably would have been third choice certainly wasn't the market would have been third choice for me anyway on the day what did we think of the Mets? Uh I thought Paul Townend would do it again um, he kept room for Mag 5 wide the whole way all the way around I thought it was a very odd odd choice um, I thought she ran an absolute blinder she she she'd limited beaten all ends up she just didn't have the kick in the end because she'd gone such a, a wide trip Apple's Jade was a peach by Brian Cooper she's a lovely horse I'm not taking anything just a better ride away from her but yeah. Brian Cooper gave her a ride from the inside um, you know he forced the pace it actually wasn't all that strong so he had it a good bit left at the end but Broom Broom Mag had to make up so much ground needlessly the whole way around um, that she was the one I took out of the race Dean and I think to be honest had it been ran again had Vroom Vroom Mag been where Limini was for the whole race I think she would have won it she would have won yeah. yeah I mean you look back to the Hatton Grace uh, uh, last November and yeah. Ruby gave her a lot to do that day and she she had to make up a lot of ground she went down by a head to Apple's Jade she quicker like a machine that day as well she did she but did I think she ran a race get, to get back. to Apple's Jade that yeah. day I mean yeah. unnecessarily a lot to do and yeah. I think if she'd been ridden a bit closer or brought, put into the race a bit earlier she would have beaten Apple's Jade that day yeah I think so if, uh, if the two met again and Ruby's on Vroom Vroom I'd side with Vroom Vroom over Apple's Jade okay. even if Paul was I think they're both really tough just, mares I think they're both yeah. exceptional mares and it's not kind of denigrating or taking nothing away from Apple's Jade but I just would prefer Vroom Vroom Mags in a rematch I think yeah. we had three grade one uh, mares in that race three for, the proper mares. Yeah. for the first, first time first time in a long time, time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's by far I mean allowing for Covega being a super mare I just think it was the best run a renewal of the race yeah. that I've seen yeah definitely I, I really enjoyed it as a contest and uh, I thought it was one of the races where tactics played the biggest part perhaps over the week at Cheltenham and um, let's talk about some of the handicaps that obviously took place and Tom Paul too put up a massive performance, performance yeah. to win the old team I mean, 
an absolutely huge uh, training fee, I think, from the pipes to do that and just edge out single farm payment. Um, I thought it was interesting in the finish. I don't know if you guys put this up, but I think that the hands were changed on single farm payment in the finish, um, which maybe cost them a nose. <laughs> and that didn't go down by much. I didn't pick up on it until last night, Dean. I watched it back. Um, and Heskin had done everything perfect up to that point. And absolutely. They it, all looked all over he looked yeah, absolutely all over. When he travelled, he did everything. He was in the perfect position. And I don't know what happened. Um, you know, nothing's been said about it afterwards. Um, he hasn't said anything. Tom George hasn't said anything. As well as that, I think it was one of those cases where when you're travelling that well, on Tensburg 2 was a head of steam coming to him. It's hard to go from travelling very well to all out pushing. Um, I kind of thought afterwards, because I'm one of Heskin's biggest fans, that had Heskin done it again, he might have kind of got Gone for home had, had dug into him yeah. jumping the last. Um, because on Tensburg 2 was just getting ahead of steam he was flying home brilliant performance and the third as well Noble Endeavour right, in that yeah, race yeah. ran a brilliant race yeah. it was the right tree the first tree and Noble Endeavour but you don't like knocking you don't like knocking the winner either I mean won the race the year before That's it. and it's, hey, it's, it's a very very tough horse oh, of a 12 pound higher weight wasn't it yeah, yeah. Some yeah before. I, didn't, I didn't fancy going into it off the royal no, weights and he was it was an amazing um, performance Scudamore said uh, in, the, in the shoot interview they just said <laughs> what did you make of the race said pipes are geniuses and I think it's uh, pretty fair comment like, yep. to get that horse to come back and do that um, Tully East won the finale um, I thought two Tafts was the one to take out of the race but I thought it was the one to take into the race as well so got a little bit unlucky perhaps with that one but Tully East another winner for Ireland uh, did we have any fancies from that did you pick anything else out from the race I valued Risco's all over him so when he didn't run I fairly uh, yeah. fairly stepped away from the race but um Look, it was a brilliant performance by Tullese. We can't take away from that. He was actually very unlucky last year in the Martin Pipe as well. That's right. Um, you know, uh, Dennis O'Regan actually suited... He's not my favourite jockey any stretch of the way, but he gave it a peach of a ride. He suits horses like that very well. You know, the kind of free-going sorts. He lets them jump. Um, he gave it a peach, but I do think if Davy Russell had it again, he would... Uh, he'd ride two taps just a little bit differently he got a little bit hampered as well I think during the race so it didn't all go to plan for Dave Russell but a winner we might have left behind there Dave think I would have thought it was Perros Bomb really a mistake early yeah. uh, jump would cost him a lot in that race and even even as jump at the last uh, he looked at one stage like he was going to go away and win yeah. and I think his jumping and I think a few mistakes cost him if he hadn't made those mistakes I think he would have had enough in reserve to win so we hang on and to him a horse that, oh yeah but he's a horse that makes continual mistakes in races ah. I, I remember he made a mistake and nearly got back up to win uh, punches on a Christmas uh, was it? yeah and a leopard on a Christmas he's I just think he's still well handicapped he just does enough in his races but his jumping he needs to get it ironed out Mm-hmm. Jamie Cole actually gave that a peach to, to even finish oh, the, I, I, I thought early in the race that we were gone yeah. I mean after one or two mistakes I thought we were going to sit there Jamie and we get back into it as we'll talk about Fiona later on he just oh, rides up so well at Cheltenham yeah. my god he, yeah. he just he does that perfect thing of the he lets the horse make a mistake doesn't bustle them back up again yeah. and just lets them jump around yeah you know it's yeah. just He's a lovely, lovely jockey. I left perhaps the most uh, well, intriguing winner of the day to last, and that's Tiger Roll. You won't find many horses oh, do what he's done at the Triumph. Festival. A win a Triumph, and then I think it's over double the trip. And then <laughs> collect a few fences on the way to victory. <laughs> yeah. um, well, great ride by Lisa O'Neill, but absolutely, well, I thought it was a very easy winner in the end. A 50 to 1 chance and a 33 to 1 chance in behind. And uh, if you weren't on the Tiger Roll bandwagon, you might have been scratching your head a little bit. 
it, yeah, it was an odd race. Um, I actually thought, in fairness to Tiger Roll, he just killed all the principals before it. You know, they all came to take a swipe at him. And Lisa O'Neill just looked at me pulling double. And I just kept thinking, there's no way this horse can keep doing this. You know, he was, he was as, as Gordon Elliott said, he was headbutting his fences. He wasn't even, you know, going through them. And um, he just kept going. It was an amazing performance. And uh, he's a really, really good horse. He, he's a grand national horse now, really. And um, some turnaround and some training performance, really. If it wasn't Gordon, I'd say there's no way. But <laughs> Triumph, National and Chase, Grand National, it's all possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a horse we thought was done a few times in the past. It just keeps coming back. I remember backing him at Dundalk one night over one mile four, oh, and he was brutal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Well, yeah. you know, he does what he wants, does yeah, Gordon, he really and, uh, does. and the horse does exactly what he tells it to do. So, uh, yeah, fantastic moment, I think, for Lisa and Neil, and uh, and also for for Tiger Roll to do that. I saw a few Triumph Hurdle uh, backers would have. She's rode two winners over fences now at Kerry National and the National Hunt Chase at Cheltenham. I mean, that's, that's it's some going. It's not bad going. Not nope. bad going. Let's kick on into uh, Wednesday. Uh, all the talk was about Neil Wolfe in the Neptune. Actually went off a two to one chance, probably on the basis that we all knew the ground wasn't going to be ideal. Foul one too good though. Yeah. Um, I actually thought he was the one to take out of the race though. He uh, really... Uh, jumped the last poorly and still nearly got back up again uh, not that I take anything away from the winner but I, I, I suppose I am a small bit I think Neon Wolf is a really good horse yes, it was a bit more cut in the ground you would say Neon Wolf uh, the ground was fast enough for him he switched his legs a few times in the race he's definitely the horse to take out of it I think he's going to be a force next year over fences RSA type like, he, he's going to be brilliant the winner got a great ride yep. jumped yep. really well um, wandered a little bit after the last but Entitled to do that, I thought, and that's going to make a proper chaser too. Will it be caught? Uh, yeah, like I'd be half tempted to keep him over hurdles and go for likes of a world hurdle with him. Um, I really like him, but um, forgetting that for a second, uh, the first two again in the Neptune look very smart. Yeah. McCarty's I'm not willing to forget him just yet. Um, he was absolutely smacked out of the race. He was. I was too. He was too far back. It was too early in the race to really determine what kind of part he would have played. Yeah. So you, you just write it off. You just write him off completely. Yeah. But the first two from it, just like the Supreme, very very smart animals, and uh, the two of them are very interesting next year. I just love Neon Wolf, and I think he's going to be uh, a cracking RSA slash. JLT type yeah, I think he's going to be a proper proper horse for the record the race was missing the uh, potential superstar Finian's Oscar who having obviously seen this race I think would have won pretty cosily how can you say that time will tell yeah. time will tell yeah. it's nice to have a horse that you hang your hat on yeah it is exactly so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hang it there and hopefully you'll get a chance to uh, fair enough fair to enough, race them and um, the RSA was perhaps the most eventful finish of the whole week uh, Mike Bite was in the process of slamming a pretty decent field by 20 lengths plus as he's coming to the last and uh, just decided to um, well I don't know go and get some, get some selfies yeah. with the crowd or whatever he was up to um, but Mike Bite looks an absolute monster I know the loose horse helped him up the straight thank god he up. was there for my bike but, back, isn't uh, he? Yeah. I mean even to get back up after that it was impressive yeah uh, I think the horse is just going to go from strength to strength he had a lot of them in trouble I know there was uh, after the elbow bled you can write that off but uh, I, t- I thought he was very very impressive I mean after the fourth fence he just started putting distance between himself in a decent field and Mitchell said was he was slick. still only going half speed yeah it just looks half so slick speed. and he looks so comfortable uh, yeah I mean it's his role onto the King George next year I think he's going to be a serious horse and onto the Gold Cup it'll be, it'll be intriguing to see him against Thistlecrack next year wouldn't it 
it'll be intriguing as well over just a little bit further distance I some people were saying that it wouldn't help him I think the Gold Cup trip will help him massively um, he'll have something to follow for a lot longer um, the RSA kind of fell apart Acapella Borgawa just isn't good enough as we talked beforehand Alfred is it's probably time to forget him now unfortunately uh, second time they bleed you kind of you, you have to move on from them yeah um, he actually jumped really well throughout the contest as well I thought he was going to run a blinder and in fairness to Brian Cooper he just knew something was wrong and just left him alone uh, but might bite that's what a performance um, and, and Whisper as well ran an absolute blinder as well to even well you say that but Whisper would have been 20 lengths behind if oh but even still it was still a massive run that yeah. this horse was nearly finished um, you yeah, know he looked like he was a spent force in, I mean, in those I mean, stairs hurdles but might bite King George next year how far and, and it makes an intriguing kind of uh, division then if they do step the van up that'll be a very and York Hill potentially as well like uh, it'll make it very very oh, please that happens that would be that I mean York marvellous talk about the battle of the psychos York Hill against my bite it'd be absolutely class like. just throw Mad Moose into the mix <laughs> give him an intermediate trip and we have a lot of fun <laughs> it'd be an absolutely stonking race yeah. yeah let's put the bait down at the start and we really would have fun because my bite would actually help York Hill as well yeah. because yeah <laughs> York Hill travels so well. Yeah, I hope some people took the advice that we gave out on this podcast. That although we weren't really mad keen about Mike Bite for an RSA with the doubts about Cheltenham, if you did fancy him to win an RSA, I think it was twenty-five to one for the King George before the no, race. I think I think I've, I think I've made the point as well that the the whole idea that Cheltenham wouldn't suit was overplayed. Was yeah. was, was, was by, dramatically by, overplayed. Probably by we have to mention Gavin. Gavin got that race absolutely spot on, and uh, he nailed it. Good man. Good man. Um, let's talk about the Queen Mum before we talk about some of the other races on there. Um, Duvan clearly injured, clearly didn't run his race. I was amazed Ruby didn't pull him up, but a great day for Henry de Bromhead and a horse that probably deserved a big day in the sunshine, and that was Special Tiara. They actually both is. Henry's horses actually ran so well all week. It would have been awful had he not had a winner. Um, you know, Ordinary World again showed how good he is with these chasers. I'm it was Monoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Monoly ran an absolute blinder as well. Uh, Monoly is another one. That RSA could, could be a cracking race next year. Monoly going to that as well. But, um, Dean, it's kind of one of those hard... Um, it, it was a hard race to watch. Uh, Duvan clearly wasn't right. You can actually see him make a false step after the second fence in the race. Amazing because... Ruby said afterwards that um, he didn't feel right the whole way through the race. Well, then pull him up. Um, I just let didn't him run on and finish where he finished. I thought it was odd. It was just very odd because now it's grand because the prognosis well, is yeah, fine. Once his chance is gone, he probably should have pulled him up. Yeah, and but it's a tough decision to make. If you don't know what's wrong with the horse, you don't want to just you know it's a championship race. If he thinks the horse is going to come back to him, and or, everything had know, gone so wrong that uh, week as well. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a hard decision to make. And but uh, I generally thought though. Special Tiara jumped so well. He was going to be a brilliant second regardless if Duvan was right. And he deserves it. I mean, Special Tiara has been really one of the shining lights of that division. Has pro- has arguably been. But even last year, when you look at Undeso now, he was beating the nose by Undeso in the third last year. People forget that was a massive run. Um, you know, he was obviously hammered by Spinter Sacker, but that's no shame at all. I mean, this Special Tiara has been continually running massive races uh, in grade ones, and he deserved it. He really did. Yeah, I mean, you ran a cracking race, but it just still takes the shine off it. I mean, you're there yeah. to see yeah, of course the best. It does. And yeah, it really it does. does. 100%. Fox Norton's run a huge race as well. Um, I think there's only a head between them at the line. And uh, Fox Norton stepped up massively clearly from the run behind Altior, yeah. not taken away from Altior, obviously, but he needed that run clearly. But. Uh, just the fact that well, Special Tiara. Will they set Fox Norton up and trip now? 
Or would you keep him in that division? I suppose well, Alti, it depends who leaves the division, yeah. doesn't it? Uvaldi or Min. Yeah. To be honest, I've half a feeling Duval might stay at that division now after this year. Maybe. Um, I think you want to get a proper grade one year into him. Um, and well, it'll all depend. I mean, if they keep Duval there, who do they have for the Gold Cup? I mean, York they. Well, then again, York Hill will go for uh, Graham uh, and Graham Wiley. Uh, I'd imagine Richard will want to have something yeah. for the Gold Cup. And I mean, they do think the source is just as good over three miles as it will be over two. So I'd imagine they will step it up. I just thought because it just this year was meant to be, you know, you win your Queen Mum and, and step up. Um, mm. I know Cato, it, it, it didn't go right for him in the Queen Mum either. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I'm just, I was heartbroken to see Duvan just like that. And I just would love to see him now come out, even if he was to win a Tingle Creek well next year or something like that and then step him up but I just think he needs a proper open uh, class really strong grade 1 win um, over 2 miles or something like it and step him up even if they did have a tour maybe I went for the Ryanair with him maybe next year but uh, again we forget next year this is this year and it was special Tiara's year it sure was um, big day for Jamie Codd wasn't it on the second day with Cause of Causes who's managed to win again uh, at the Channel Festival and that bumper ride on Fayonne it was like it was on turbos uh, Gordon Elliott does like the praise he deserves because his first four winners at the festival were under four different disciplines of racing. You know, you had uh, you a mayor, uh, national hunt chase with amateurs. You had the bumper, and you had the cross country chase. I mean, that's that's an amazing four timer, um, and just cause of causes adores Cheltenham jumped around November in the track. He looked like he hated it, so they brought him over twice during the year. It was a brilliant piece of training brilliant ride he's a cracking horse and Fiona like turned too late went off about two seconds behind everything else and Jamie Codd just to have the peace of mind to just sit and say look if we lose we lose if we and win made, we win he made no secret about the fact that he he, he really fancied it yeah I mean he was very upfront about it I know I know uh, some of McMahon's connections would have preferred Canflow but uh, you know Gordon had been adamant that yeah. this would run a huge race that this yeah. would suit him and even Ollie that night, Dean, at the preview night as well, he was all over it. He and, uh, you know, it's... Um, and we flagged it up well on it. I didn't back it. But we we all flagged it up, all of us, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't back it either, no. no. I, I stay away from that race. But, um, look, it was a, a brilliant performance, a brilliant training performance. And Jamie Codd, if he could go professional, my God, he's just, he's as good as anyone, isn't he? He's doing fine without it's turning professional, I think. He's getting plenty. He doesn't need to, but I just yeah, mean yeah. it's a pity he he isn't, because he's as good as any one of them. He's oh, he just, ah. Oh. Certainly this track, there's no doubt about it. Um, let's talk about the Jessica train started. Uh, Jess Carrington obviously having such a great week at Cheltenham. And it started with Super Sunday, and a winner for the Potsers, and uh, another horse she'd picked up and done really well with. And it beat one of Noel Hayes' big shouts, I think, months ago on this 66 podcast. 66 to 1, wasn't it? Talking about Taquin Desoy going for the Coral Cup. Was declared, ran a huge race, but found one too good. And Super Sunday started a, a great week for Jessica Harrington. I thought it was um, it was a taken performance, actually. It ran really well. It was a great shout for Tarquin Desoy. Wasn't it? Uh, it really was. Got to give and it credit. Super Sunday. I mean, I think it might have been the quicker ground or the track, but like after after they stepped it up and he'd won uh, at Christmas, I just thought... Uh, he had two disappointing runs going into Cheltenham for me you know and okay it was behind Sutton, uh, Sutton place, yeah. place how good is that but, horse yeah it looks really good now but he had folded in both those races He's, he kind of I, I didn't think Cheltenham would actually suit Super Sunday you know he'd run a decent race before, been there before the Supreme, in the Supreme yeah. Yeah, yeah and I thought he was better than that form but I wouldn't have gone with Super Sunday but it was a, a he 
He looked really decent. When the stars align, they align, and Super Sunday won uh, the Coral Cup, of course. Um, my my mate, old guard, ran okay. Not great. <laughs> Seventh. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, Flying Tiger, uh, a welcome winner for Nick Williams at the Channel Festival, and beat one of, well, probably the best handicapped horses going into the week or so, we thought, in Divin Bear. I really enjoyed that race. Crack and finished it as well, neck and the neck, with uh, Netshi back in third, Project Blue Book in fourth. That actually looked a decent Fred Winter to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I can't stand the Fred Winter. I actually thought it was an awful race. Just, just don't like. No, sorry, Dean. I have absolutely no opinion on it. And Dean Bear was meant to have come on a lot for beating Master Blue Eyes, and uh, I think he did come on plenty. I would both of them strength and form. Much. Yeah, yeah. yeah form. I don't think was great. No, time will tell. I, I don't think it was that bad a race. Um, but fair enough. Uh, you are listening, of course, to the. Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. We're going to move on to the following day. Yeah, and on to the Thursday. We'd had two days, of course, at Cheltenham already, and then it was time for York Hill. Now, the Mullins uh, yard and Ruby Walsh were getting all kinds of comments. I think the best tweet I saw about it was uh, Robbie McNamara saying that uh, only, what was it, six hours ago, Willie Mullins needed to change his gallops. Ruby Walsh was riding with no confidence and all Willie's horses were sick. And he said, glad he got it sorted so quickly because he had some Thursday. Uh, it started with York Hill. Um, how impressed were we with York Hill? And uh, he only won a length and beat top notch. But, he only uh, won a length. He did. So the ones uh, you liked, he was very, you give very it impressive. Up? Like, like, he is outstanding. He is an absolutely brilliant horse. I, I will take on, if he goes for the Gold Cup next year, I will take any horse on with him. Um, he is brilliant um, he just not ungenuine but just really doesn't put it all in at the finish which I love in a horse because you know you don't know actually how good he is he travels so well top notch had he got anywhere near him he would have pulled away again it's as simple as that he's a much better horse than him have to mention Chris Reed. Disco ran an absolute blinder he's just not up to the class of the first two top notch ran an absolute peach as well I'm not taking anything away from that horse that horse just happened to be a small bit bigger He'd actually be a much better horse. He's just a bit small. Yeah, he's very small. He's a the tiny mista- horse. The mistake he meant he made a couple from home, I think, would have made York Hill properly have to be. I would not. Would not also no. no. Cost just him three lengths. He's been beaten a length. Yeah, it and York Hill cost himself more. four or five yeah, lengths every race. Could have been beaten more. You know. No, I, I'm not disagreeing. He could have won by further, but I would have liked Top Notch not to make the mistake to make it a race. I was very impressed. He had enough time to make it up because York Hill was still beside him. It wasn't like yeah, York Hill got away from him. I mean. After your previous rant about York Hill a couple of weeks ago, yeah, Dean, it's time to be the bigger man. Now, Dean. Dean, you have to oh, hold your hands up. I said, I said he should win the race. Time to be the bigger man. <laughs> move on, move on. That's, that's no, we're not moving on. This great. horse is an absolute machine. He is an absolute beast to do what he did this year after getting everything wrong in in all his races. Honestly. This horse is going to prove to be something very, very special. He, he could go for a champion hurdle next year. He could go for the Gold Cup. It's we saw versatile. Yeah, yeah. It's rare we have horses like this, and he has to be enjoyed. Uh, we can't let just because he's a mad bastard, um, not enjoy him. Look at Undersaw as well. He's only getting praise now, really, because of his his quirks. And York Hill is going to be. He already is, but he's going to be an absolute one of the greats then. yeah I hope so uh, I think it's a toss up between him and probably Underso for the best horse in Willie Mullins' yard at the moment given Duvan's uh, mishap there at Cheltenham this week and Underso in the Ryanair uh, I didn't think he'd do that and I thought he was terrier like jumped brilliantly Ruby was the, uh, brave on him and let him let him go he was very impressed well it might have been the best performance of the week it was certainly the best jumping performance of the I week oh yeah, it was, yeah. clear he was electric um, yeah, I, I actually thought there'd be a doubt about him staying. I mean, he's a horse that previously 
the yard had felt was very hard on himself in races. And, uh, you know, over the two mile, you, one of those horses, I would have thought that each year he'd just kind of depreciate a bit. It w- wouldn't be as good, but that was, that was some performance. I mean, it really was impressive. It was just the fact that, like, he seems to be back to his old, like, he was looking for all intents and purposes for the last two years like he was chilling out a bit you know he was taking a lead and next thing for the racer watching him he goes up and he takes a bite out of the birch of the um, yeah. the, the, <laughs> of the fence they go up to <laughs> after two fences he's pulling the hands off Ruby and takes himself to the front and I was just thinking I was just rubbing my hands going oh yeah Oxyzandra you know, Oxyzandra bounced definitely mm. didn't run any sort of a race but that doesn't matter he still wouldn't have beaten under so no, in would. that form it, it, no, completely not. regardless no, no absolutely no chance and I said before that Underso would be gasping for air I thought three out he still would have been but it was some performance absolutely massive and Dean he didn't stop do you know where I'd love to see this horse where I'd love to see him run is a King George at Kempton and just see if he stays that three miles because he wasn't stopping at all at the end and the he way he jumps he take yards out of everything he, he really might, would he might be one of the only ones around who could go with Mike Pite around there for a while that would be something else it would be an unbelievable race and um, because again he's more than quick enough he goes at half speed as well really Yeah. and him against Mike Pite over those fences with the two of them jumping so slickly I think would be brilliant another if they could get there if he could get his jumping together Armad I think is another very talented horse Yeah. I thought that he ran a cracking race uh had he not made mistakes, I'd love to have seen how he would have fared against the So when they met uh, a few months ago. Uh, that that race to me kind of that, that's what really put me off in the Soul for Cheltenham. Yeah. After watching that, I would have taken Armad to beat him in the Tinkle Creek, uh, or in the the Woody one after that, the yeah. something house, the Clarence house. Clarence house. house. And unfortunately, yeah. he didn't run. Uh, yeah, no, it's an it's an intriguing division. But I thought on the, on the day, I thought the Soul was just put in the best jump performance I've seen all week yeah, he's another horse now that we can't crib because I, I, everyone kind of half held it against him because he was beating a, a poor division but he's only ever been beaten once when he stood up and that's against Spinter Saka yeah. he's, he's a brilliant horse and he's a, again one of the horses that now cannot be cribbed he's a cycle but God is he lovable yeah he is lovable um, and yeah well done to everyone who kept the faith for him in that I mean he did go favourite so especially Garrett Porter a regular listener who um, who Noel also told should be giving his money to St Vincent, Vincent de Paul oh that's right instead of backing on the sofa <laughs> to Ryanair and I think uh, Garrett Porter definitely had you, the last laugh you mentioned uh, Noel Hayes there um, I think I don't probably need to remind too many people what he said about Nichols Canyon before the start of this season got underway proper and that it was finished um, it was Ruby Walsh and Willie Mullins' day and that horse has now won a stayer's hurdle it is um, I, to be honest Dean I didn't even notice him until about an hour before the race cause I was there and a lot of people going Shane Hill's won <laughs> <laughs> I was just there looking at it going Nicholas Canyon dear god so quiet uh, Ruby picked him so obviously they thought brilliant training performance actually mm. um, amazing training performance and Willie doesn't because Willie has all these horses he doesn't get enough praise but like to win races with uh, York Hill on the Soul and Nichols Canyon over three miles like that's three individually amazing training performances considering you know the first two have have massive mental issues and the last horse um, for all intents and purposes looked finished he did look finished and uh, he travelled really well Um, would love to have seen Janwert in this race Dean because I think the two of them would have knuckled down really well after the last and um, but 
it was a really good winner you're only fueling Dina you're only giving him fuel to go <laughs> he was you know, you know hammer it rant I was right <laughs> no I don't, I don't need to say everyone knows that everyone um, knows yeah like do you know what's sickening is when you see the, the full result and you look it up and it says Yanworth non-runner self-certificate not eaten up stick yeah. stick that on your slips now and uh, take it back in because it won't do anything and um, yeah, Yamworth would have would have lapped them. And you know, it's a shame. who needs to be mentioned for small owners is that little rocker fella. Of course. He runs, like, that horse has to win one eventually because he runs continually well, really well, without winning. Any trip, partner's sleeve takes yeah. on big guns and he's just found one too good again in a great one. And he's Every un- time. He and is unlucky. You like, know what I mean, Harry? Should we mention, you know what I mean, Harry? Yeah. Because just got found out a little bit. At he got end. a perfect ride. Everything went right for him. Uh, that's as good as he is. And that's what... John Barry said after the race as well all he simply said was look it's as good as he is um, he's been a brilliant horse what did he cost Harry Fry £500 or something yeah. you know he's been a cracking cracking horse for everyone involved has to be enjoyed and um, again Dean he finished hurting the stairs just, there, there really is damn all wrong with it no no there isn't I wouldn't have picked Nichols Canyon um, not a million with a if he gave me 10 bets in the race I wouldn't have bet him yeah with a good few goes no. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, a horse Davy Russell said couldn't win after the handicapper slammed him and that was presenting Percy Davy Russell then proceeds to ride him to a pretty comfortable win in the Potemps final I think he apologised afterwards uh, genuinely that's what they thought about it that's a great one horse I think yeah I think Phil Smith was the 29th winner of the festival I mean <laughs> He's justified and he's, he's Every been vindicated. Man. He's not a bad handicapper, is he? No. He's a brilliant handicapper. And I said this before, but as well as that, do you know, Davy Russell and Pat Kelly and all of these, they can really hang their head a small bit in shame for me. And I know it's a good winner. And I I said beforehand that they're cheats. And that was too far. I have to take that back. But it does. It brings, it brings it into disrepute. It leaves a really bad taste. My, if my jockeys order, and that are allowed to lobby like that in, in the public domain... And you know, uh, shout, shout and moan about the. Uh, Pat Kelly himself said it. Yeah, like, uh, it's wrong. And like, but but, but even the, just from a non-racing point of view, so Cheltenham is the four days when our sport is really magnified. Everyone's watching it. My two older brothers, Eric and Rory, they have no interest in racing really. This is the week when they put money into their Paddy Power account, and they're all horses. All talk about it. All messages. They were um, older brother was watching the TV for the race. He was in his hotel, and. They asked Davy Russell about presenting Percy. Eric's a man who backs names. That's, mm. <laughs> that's what he does. He was about to click on presenting Percy and um, Davy Russell said not to back him. Can't win. Can't win. Now, like, that just stinks because, mm. like, I understand giving your opinion, but he wrote him with such confidence that you kind of say to yourself, do you know what? They did actually think and he was going to win. You know and there was very decent money for there's him. A, it's a, just wrong and it stinks. And I'm really sorry, but this uh, whole uh, thing of bashing Phil Smith all year, they really would want to be very ashamed of himself, all those people. There is a negative and a positive take out of what David Russell said. Honest in his opinion that he couldn't win, professional enough to still go out and ride a race where he wins. So you can look at it like that. I don't like it. I don't think he should have said anything like that. The market would suggest that they fancied it. Yeah. 11 to 1, he went off. He was a lot shorter than that. He was a lot bigger coming up to it as well, Dean. Yeah, before. In the days beforehand. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry now, but it's just the fact that, like, they have priors, the yards. No, no, no. They're, no, they're very shrewd. No. I'm not taking away from it. Pat Kelly is fantastic at mm. what he does. Maldini but it just had stinks. He had a tourist race last year in the festival. Yeah, do you know, <laughs> it stinks running them over round trips and then complaining when you're. Yep. He'd go, go for a grade one now anyway. Um, um, has to be mentioned as well in that race that jury duty ran an absolute blinder Did. in third. Yeah. Didn't quite see out the three miles, but travelled like the winner as well the whole way through the race. Did. Jack Kennedy gave him a peach. And in second, 
Barney Dwan actually stuck to his guns really, really well. Um, so I actually had the second and third in that race. Um, and the two of them are very nice types going forward as well. Lee. Yeah, decent race that. And I think with a very good horse winning, even though they didn't think it would. A um, couple of other uh, <laughs> good for Noel Mead to, uh, to get a winner over fences at Cheltenham. And it, a lot of people talk about Noel Mead's record. Good ride from Brian Cooper, but he won very easily. I actually thought Brian he clarified his record quite well on TV afterwards. Did he? He said, yeah, he said he probably could have won a lot more races had he gone for handicaps. Yeah. And he said all of his... That's he won- very fair, yeah. He wanted to run this race in the RSA, and it was uh, Michael O'Leary told him no, he's too well handicapped. So you know, like, but he like also, but he also said he dropped him back to two miles because he didn't think he stayed <laughs> after winning the Galway Plate nah, on the bridle. Horses can make fools of you. <laughs> yeah, and but look, he's um, he ran really well. I actually put him up on the podcast, Dean, for the Ultima, um, and I was quite gutted with myself that I didn't back him in that race. I was all over. Diamond King, uh, Diamond King just might. It's got no run. He just got no run. Absolutely I, no run. I think they raced the horse too much uh, last season, the season before. The season was toured in the uh, Gold Cup and ran a punch time around eight. I, th- I think they overfaced the horse, and I think this year he had much better preparation going in. Yeah. Now let's talk about uh, the fourth of Ruby's winners on the day, which was Let's Dance, and uh, probably the weakest race they could have chosen for perhaps their best novice. Yeah, she was brilliant actually, but. but you look at the Neptune it wasn't a given anyway that she would have won that um, she would have gone been well a, in it though she would have gone well in it but yeah. look she did really well it was great for Rich and Fairness yes. <laughs> he got his winner they needed it uh, really needed it yeah. and, um, and they pick up that pot for the stable, stable staff as well won't be complaining either no, it's 50 brilliant. grand for the stable staff yeah, it's, great. it's a lovely story yeah. and um, look she's very good I really hope now she goes into open company next year because yeah. I think she's more than good enough she travels so well she was so far back for all the race that I thought she, she might be in trouble and she was available at 13 to 8 after before we all could run yeah. before they started yeah that was the worst of it all I think, I think the overreaction to Duvan being pulled up they, 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 she was a big price then in the morning she was and uh, she did it very well and then Doomsday Brook uh, great for Gina Andrews and Stuart Edmonds and they just got the better of a very unlucky horse I think and one that was well you can just throw it into Charlie Lonston's uh, list of a few unlucky ones at this at this meeting and Cheltenham in previous right. years Pendra I say Charlie Long as I must be thinking what does he have to do for a, a festival winner, winner. won't like go that. closer than Pendra oh right? that was horrible I mean the horse ran like it, it was, was so training for because that horse only died a colic in October um, you know I mean, that's an amazing training performance uh, jumped really well Derek O'Connor gave an absolute peach is he on retainer to JP McManus now Derek Derek O'Connor I don't know because he's riding them all um, I just thought it was funny that he happened to be on a 33 to 1 shot or whatever Pendra was but again look a race I don't think you could have picked a winner if he sat there looking at the race all day um, but Gina Andrews brilliant amateur it was nice to see her win but a race I'm very happy to move quickly on from Dean yeah, a winner there, Doomsday Book, who uh, reflected how Team GB, Team GB have been going uh, in, at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, before we move on to Friday, it was a breakthrough day, of course, Gold Cup day, for JJ Slevin, a young rider you may not know too much about, and he's coming up next on this Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our hosts at BetBright. Isn't it time you got your hands on the award-winning Genius app by BetBright? It's not like any other sports app you've ever experienced. Unlike your mates, Genius actually does know it all. Runners, riders, results and form with key trends all at your fingertips. Genius puts the power in your hands to make informed choices and it's ready to go. Get stuck in with a real genius from BetBright. Genius by BetBright, bringing power to your fingertips. Download the app through the App Store and Google Play now. Well, I'm delighted to say joining us on the Race Hour podcast is uh, 
Why is the Cheltenham Festival winner now? It's JJ Slevin. JJ, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks, Dean. Some week you've just had. Yeah, sure, look, it was unbelievable, uh, Dean. You know, it was great, great to uh, even have a ride to the Cheltenham Festival on the Monday. You know, the valet asked me, was I uh, heading over? And I said no, and they kept on my gear. And, uh, you know, even to be taking part and take, having a ride over there was unbelievable. And to, uh, you know, get a winner was something that you only dream of and I, thought, I didn't think I even bothered dreaming about that I was never uh, stupid enough to think that something like that happened that was the reality of it you know? yeah that is the reality of it but I mean you're only a few years riding anyway JJ so I think if we if we leave Champagne Classic for a minute and just talk about what you've been up to the last kind of year and a half you were over at Nigel Twist and Davis Yard weren't you? Look, I went over to Nigel's there uh, you know last September August September a year ago and uh, you know looking at a great time over there spent the winter spent the whole season with them and you know I learned a lot off me to get me sent to ride I done loads of schooling with, with obviously Sam and uh, Ryan Hatch and Jamie Bagley you know it's just the four of us really there at that stage and uh, it was a great time you know Nigel was supporting me very very well and I learned a lot and I, loved, I used to ride out with Bally Andy every day and you know, I had a very good time over there. They strike me as a, a yard full of um, really decent characters and a place that would give you a decent opportunity, JJ, which they did. Yeah, oh yeah, massive. Yeah, that's Nigel is a big believer in supporting his own lads. And if you just look back over the years, just look at even recently there, what he's done for Ryan Hatch and, and Jamie Bagley and those lads. And, um, you know, he's just very, very loyal to, to his own jockeys. And, you know, it's great, it's great to get involved with him. And, you know, it's great people to know. And, you know, look, I went back there last Thursday morning and I got a few lots for him before heading to watch the race in Cheltenham. And, uh, yeah, so I mean, if that was a decent schooling ground for you, of course it was. I mean, you're not averse to, to being involved with racing anyway. You've been around the game for a little while. And I think now you're based with Joseph, are you? Joseph O'Brien, who set up his uh, his national hunt yard. Yeah, look, I'm in Joseph's every day. I mean, I'm in there seven months a week. And um, yeah, look, I really, I really enjoy walking down, down here in Pilltown. Um, Look, there's, there's some good lads working here, and you know, Joseph, there's a great atmosphere in the yard, and you know, everyone, you know, loves being involved, and everyone's in and around the same age, and you know, we've, we've great how, we've great how, uh, everyone gets on really well together, and uh, you know, Joseph's been very, very good to me. Obviously, you know, he's helping me ride in the last year. You know, obviously, telling the small things along the way, and I'm lucky that I'm, you know, involved with, with such a lad that's ridden to such a high level as he did, and he's you know, very good for advice and stuff, you know. Yeah, of course. I know he sings your praises and you're going to get plenty of opportunities there, which is brilliant. I mean, you picked up another ride at the Cheltenham Festival um, that didn't win, of course, Ivanovic Gorbatov. That must have been some thrill in a race of that nature to, to be aboard that one. Yeah, look, um, Mr. McMahon is very kind. He let me ride Ivanovic Gorbatov, obviously, with Mark and Barry were unfortunate to be injured. Yeah. And uh, obviously I came in for the ride then and you know, very, very lucky to get the ride and because she went there with a leading chance and you know funnily enough I expected the county hurl to be run at a very very fast pace and you know one of my main concerns was getting out and getting a good position and uh, I, I did manage to secure a good position but the fight of the pace wasn't an end to end gallop that, that's probably what Ivanovic Garbutt have required and if he just sprinted past and going to the last but if he got him a credit he finished sixth he's only beaten three or four lengths and then um, because there's definitely a big race in him in the future again I think I'm sure there is I'm, I'm sure there is and that would have been a good tee up for you I know you had a couple of rides at the festival the year before for, for Nigel Twist and Davis like to splash a ginger and Bally Beaufort so you tasted the, the kind of atmosphere and the hurly-burly of Cheltenham and then when did you know you got the ride on Champagne Classic for Gingerstown and Gordon? Look at it happened to pick it up on the Thursday morning 
Um, Andrew Ring rang me. Andrew obviously does a bit of work there in gardens, and and I think David Russell put in a call to Andrew Ring to ride the horse. And Andrew was over twenty six, so that's the the laws over there in England. They they change that they have to be under twenty six riding the race. And, yeah. And Andrew kindly rang me and said, "Look at this, give the lads a ring." And I rang David Russell, and David put in a word with Gordon, and and thankfully, uh, Gordon allowed me to ride him. Yeah, so I mean, you you said just before that you were going to Cheltenham to watch the racing. So to pick up a ride um, in a race that really would would suit you, of course, to be in the Martin Pike, they call it the boys' race, um, and on a horse that perhaps maybe you didn't know too much about. I mean, he'd run all right in a Grade Three, I think, the time before he finished behind Tin Soldier. So when you get news that you've got the ride, which is great, of course, and what do you do then, JJ? You're going to be at Cheltenham watching the racing anyway. What do you do then? Do you start getting into into a different mode? Start looking at the form and wondering how. You're gonna, yeah. How are you going to pull this off? Yeah, well, look, at the main thing I'd always do is, you know, the first thing i do is look at the way the, the, where the horse is bred and see what he's buying. That's often a good indicator of what kind of horse it's going to be. And then, then you know, you look at his farm, and I uh, had seen him running before, and I, I knew a bit about him because he just got him out to take notice of the giving turn horse, and especially when trained by Gardner Ace. And then you'd look at his farm and you'd look to see how he, what way he'd been rode. And his last few runs and stuff, might look at his replays, and and then you talk to the lads that had been riding him, and I was lucky that I, I talked to to Jamie Cod. Jamie, you know, obviously works closely with Gordon and David Mullins, and the world of those two boys, and then you just you just treat it like any other race. Really, you go there and you, just, you try your best in the day, and hopefully that the, the cards fall right you. Did those lads give you any confidence that you were on something that could go and win the race? I think it was a twenty to one shot, or maybe even bigger in the morning, JJ. So were they giving you confidence that you had a you had a good ride in the contest? They did. They did. Dev Munns, you know, said to me that he rode like a really good horse early on in the season. He said, and you know, Jamie Todd said to me, he's loads of boots. He says, don't don't ride him like a slow horse anyway. Is is exactly what Jamie Todd said. Yeah. Keep a hold of him and, and ride him like a horse with a bit of toe and. Uh, you know, they were dead right, you know, and travelled everywhere, and he's a winner everywhere, really, you know, one thing he didn't lack for was speed, in it. No, he didn't, and when you hit the front, what was it, a couple out, JJ, just cleared away for you, so the race, at any stage, were you unhappy in the race that you weren't going as well as you were? It sounds like you weren't, it sounds like you got a dream ride. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, he got, got a great run around, you know, gave him a bit of life, and travelled everywhere, and jumped brilliant, and, um, you know, I was never really in, in doubt that he was never really worried at any stage that he was struggling or finding things difficult he was you know he's very much in his comfort zone the whole way and you know I was just afraid something might, might pick him up at the back of the last that was only worry I had but in fairness to him he wasn't trying up that and I was just afraid something might flash home but uh, he was a very very easy winner on the day now and when you're coming up that Cheltenham Hill and you're in front JJ do, what, what what's going through your mind? I hope something doesn't go past me before <laughs> that, uh, and that's it uh-huh. What about crossing oh, yeah. the line and the, and the and the roars of the crowd? It must be a pretty unique experience. I mean, you've ridden plenty of win- winners, uh, Ireland and and a few, of course, in the UK as well. But it yeah. must be unique. Yeah, you know, look, it was. I got a great kick out, but you know, once it pulled up, um, look at all all the lads there, the the other boys riding the race, you know, came up around me, you know, shaking hands with you and congratulating me, and I got a great kick out of that. Really, you know, lads that I'd known for quite a while, you know, like John Moore. And, and he just fell out with and then you had you know, James Bagley and that had worked with in Christians and even walking back in past stands was unbelievable and I remember seeing Ryan Hatch there and, and, and uh, Sparky and Christian Davis as head lad and you know Tom O'Brien came out of the way to me and my cousin and you know, said well done and 
that was a that was a nice touch. I got a good kick out of that because Tomas had been very good to me when I was based in England last year, and you know it was it was brilliant really. And as I say, you know, it's something that uh, look at that you dream about when when you're a young lad growing up. That you always imagined that you were hoping that you'd ride a winner around there, and it was unbelievable that did happen. You know. And uh, when when it's done <laughs> and it's over, I, I, you were coming you were coming straight back home. So so no party for you that night, JJ. No, no. Look, I haven't. I rode the next day in Limerick. I was lucky enough to take off a, a win in Limerick the next day, and then the following day I was in Limerick twice actually. Then I went down to Cork. I was I rode again on the uh, on the on the Tuesday, and uh, yeah. So look, I've been busy away there since then, and. And flat out, really. I'm riding again that day in Cork, so they keep going. I'm actually five day suspension there coming up on Sunday. So look at it. I don't know. I might go home and have a good look at the replay. I haven't had a good look at it yet. That's what I might do. Yeah, you'll have a few days to to kind of go over it. I tell you what, it'll be good viewing for you. But I mean, you're not a stranger to picking up some rides with some very good trainers. We talked about Nigel Twist and Davis. I know Liz Doyle is a big fan of yours and has put you up on a few of her horses as well. And of course, you already had a Grade Three uh, success with Militia Tim in Cork. Um, I think that was a couple of years ago. That was for um, RP Rath. So you're not a stranger to riding for good trainers and good horses. So when you get a winner like this, um, it's nice to have those associations. And I guess you're going to be more in demand, JJ. If you look at hopefully, um, Mr. Clement Five, that's a big help in Ireland. You know, Ireland, they, they love a claimer over here. And um, look at the minute, I'm hoping that I can, uh, you know, continue to maintain what I'm doing and. and to, as you say, pick up support from some of those trainers that have been very, very good to me, the likes of this guy and Richie Rack, and you know, plenty of the rest of the lads have looked after me well, and um, I look at hopefully they'll continue to support me. Well, you need a lot of things to go right, don't you, as a jockey coming through the ranks? You've got to stay clear of injury, you've got to get a bit of support from the yard, so hopefully you do both of those things and, and staying clear of injury will give you an opportunity to, to keep moving forwards um, it was some week for Ireland at Cheltenham JJ and you would have been part of that buzz of course with what was going on there they dominated the Betbright Cup I think they're 19 winners to 9 in GB Irish racing is um, is at its peak really in terms of Cheltenham Festival and National Hunt game yeah it's unbelievable um, you know, how dominant the Irish were over there um, and, but nobody expected that they were giving out about the handicapper and what he was doing to the Irish horses and you know, look at the, the it's, and it's every level of Irish racing has been very very dominant you know the horses that were winning in Ireland they weren't winning around the elite tracks they were winning around the country tracks as well they, you know they were winners coming from Shetland winners I mean winning around winning around Tremor and those kind of places and you know what we'd classify as summer tracks and um, look at Irish racing is very very strong and as I said, it's what it is being dominated by a handful of people, but it's, it's never been more powerful. Yeah, some people yeah. might remember you, JJ, from your uh, form student stuff and a bit of a co-pilot on the on the ill-fated Racing FM. So I know you're a decent form student and obviously enjoying now a proper crack at the riding ranks. To get a Cheltenham Festival winner that early on in your career is dreamlike. So I do wish you all the very best for well the coming months left of this season and what you get up to next year. Uh, fingers crossed you can repeat the feat, JJ, but just work hard. That's how it's going to be done, isn't it? Yeah, look, as as you said earlier, I mean, um, you know, remaining injury free is a massive one. Um, look, work hard is just uh, it's just a given, and everybody has to do that. And there's there's no uh, shortcut to success in this game. I think, as far as I can see, well, you know, if you look at the top boys what they've achieved, they haven't got there through that's uh, not through lack of trying, you know. So we just keep our head down, we keep working hard, and um, look, we'll just follow train follow the examples of the top boys, and maybe. Hopefully, maybe achieve a little of what they've done, you know. 
Exactly. Look, JJ, wish you all the very best. Thanks very much for coming on the Race Hour podcast and uh, keep firing in those winners. Well done last week. What a week it was. Thanks very much, Dean. Thank you. Welcome back to the Race Out podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. We are in the middle of our Cheltenham uh, review, or should I say coming towards the end. It was great to have JJ Slevin on there. That's a name you're going to hear a lot about. And uh, of course, had his maiden Cheltenham Festival winner there. Not, um, not someone perhaps people would have known too much about before the meeting, but I think he'll go places. Thanks for him to coming on to the Race Out. The lads are still with me, Dermo and uh, Dave. And we're moving on to Gold Cup Day. Um, we don't need to talk about Champagne Classic, of course, because we just did that with JJ. But uh, I don't know if anyone found that winner today in the Martin Pipe. No. Somebody did. 25 to to 12. There yeah. was. Somebody found it, but there was a bit it certainly of money wasn't me. It. Certainly wasn't me either, no. No. Um, well, well done to JJ. Let's talk about then. Uh, well, let's kick off with the triumph because Defi Desoy going off at 5 to 2 um, in oh. hindsight looks like a bit of a smash up price because I, I'm pretty sure I said on here before that perhaps the Irish form was all a bit of a blanket and you've got the, the right ones in behind with Mega Fortune and Papone but Defi Desoy uh, champion hurdle horse or should he go chasing and what do you think of his triumph performance? Brilliant performance I don't think anyone can say anything different Mega Fortune ran an absolute blinder on ground that probably wouldn't have suited him as much as soft ground would have but yeah. then, there is no excuses he was beaten too far for, for it to mean anything else Mega Fortune was brilliant Papone ran a blinder but Definitely decided it was a different class. Um, he, now, he won't be the first Triumph winner to come out and flop the next year, but... He doesn't look like a normal Triumph Doesn't, winner, no, he? definitely doesn't. Uh, he doesn't travel like one, really. He doesn't, he's a big uh, old brute. He's a big old brute, yeah. yeah. And he's... And for a big horse, the, the way he put five lengths between them, the, this, it, the way he quickened at the end, yeah. I mean, it was just very, very impressive. I thought he was probably the least value of the whole festival for the Triumph order yeah. to come in and be so short prior to it and it was very impressive he really really was impressive yeah yeah I, yeah, I was I was keen him before and when I seen him do that now I'm very keen to see what he does with the rest of his career I thought, he, thought the Irish runners ran to their form they did Mega yeah fortune finish in front I thought he was there was no excuses at all Land of Hope and Glory actually ran a blinder as well but no, it, yeah I just thought it was very he impressive. just hammered him and yeah. uh, potentially next year you've Bouvard there you've Mellon you've LeBake and him in a champion hurdle with well, looking at the size well, any power yeah, you I would can't stay rule out that they will chase him out. No, no, no because Hobbs said it straight away after the race they're as already well. talking about it yeah well that's that's because of his gross size and everything yeah. I would stay hurdling with him for one more year he's only gone and won a triumph like it all depends how he feels that or how he grows yeah, the the, and if he has any schooling error at all I'd say they just go yeah look we'll wait a year someone um, will tell all it's just because there's a small bit of a negative though isn't there with horses staying an extra year hurdling and then going chasing like look at identity thief etc yeah but still only a four year old yeah 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 that's what I mean it's early it's very early for him um, Arctic Fire won the county uh, beat a horse that we talked about on this podcast uh, Lammy Surge which broke my heart and I only really got switched on to Lammy Surge again once uh, the pre kind of festival fancy Mick Jazz was pulled out on the day but Arctic Fire's the clockwork the stop clock boys will be all over what he did in the race and two very good horses at the front of that county William Mullins called him a social runner that's what he called him after the race <laughs> he, said he, he said he thought he was bringing over a social runner because you know the owners wanted him to run because they've had a hard year with him but again unbelievable <coughs> training performance Paul Townend rode him like he was looking after him mm. and just kind of thought when he came over to last off oh, sure look I can win this massive massive performance he'd be interesting now in an nature hurdle um, really really absolutely brilliant performance Lammy Surge on a blinder just again just he just can't get his head in front at all but um, he did find 
oh he I found and he put his head down I'm not saying yeah. it was ungenuine he was just beaten again Like he has looked ungenuine prior to yeah, yeah, he has yeah, he, he has, has. he's travelled so well and, and he wasn't ungenuine the yeah. I've seen him willing to get into a battle yeah and he he was so close to going down top as well and yet the eye catch in the race for me was definitely Renati so yeah, far back yeah, yeah. And he, he'll only he be one for you in England though won't he yeah and yeah he, uh, he you can't trust him to start uh, in Ireland he's always got to finish behind them yeah. it's not ideal for him him I, and LeBake double now I think yeah I mean when you look back on the flat and you look at his win from the front uh, yeah oh uh, that day under Chris Hayes oh yeah, God, yeah. that was so impressive yeah, yeah. remember it well uh, I, think, I think if they can get to the key to him you know and, and he was I think Jamie Spencer gave him a very patient or over patient ride just beaten a couple of heads in the Cesarovic uh, he's a lot more talented than he's shown I think if they can get the key to him or get him to that day, race more aggressively up front I think he's Chris Hayes rode him that day and Chris Hayes basically put a gun to his head and said um, you know I'm making your mind up for you here All along, and just uh, went so along in front, front yeah. kept going didn't see another rival and then just dug into him despite the fact that he was so far clear he still dug into him because he knew this horse is capable of pulling himself up yeah. like. and it was uh, you know he needs something like that again Ruby I'm not going to criticise Ruby at all, but it just could have been a better ride. I'm, I'm hoping they go for a flat campaign with. Yeah, they're bound to. I think they're bound could to. Could be Harper City taking something. Couldn't yeah. He? Yeah, yeah, they are bound to. Yeah. So Renetti take out of it. I was uh, heartbroken with the uh, actual result of the race in the end, and no Mick Jazz. Mick Jazz left to wait for another day. The Albert Bartlett and um, Dave. I'm going to go to you first. I think you'd be pretty heartbroken that Monolly. Uh, bumped into Penn Hill, an ex Luca Kamani charge, steaming up, <laughs> yep. steaming up to win the potato race. That was one for the trends, wasn't it? <laughs> Looked all over the summer horse, had burst, then came out and ran up a sequence. I just didn't think on this, uh, you know, at Cheltenham in March, that Penn Hill would be good enough. Well, Mullins uh, was in such a great form all week. One of the rides of the week by Paul Town and I thought. A cracking ride, and yeah. uh, it was. Uh, was. Just taking nothing away, Bonnelly wasn't good enough, and. Uh, Holstone found very little in the finish I thought having looked like it was going to take a bit of walloping yeah that that, yeah. that Holstone West approach Peregrine run form that, that we all thought was strong isn't really that might be the level strong. that it is it's not yeah. strong form yet. Yeah. Um, but the it was a massive performance by Munley though yeah. I thought Munley did a lot wrong too uh, I think Munley's going to be a fantastic horse Jason. over fences yeah. uh, he's going to be a brilliant horse over fences I always say this division next year with Finian's Oscar Neil and Wolf him it's potentially a crap and I think division. the softer the better it'll be for Munley yeah you know um, so Monley ran a blinder as well as that you see Monley has to travel with a goat the goat went missing <laughs> you put it down did you not see that though no no Monley can't travel on his own he gets too wound up so Henry de Bromhead he's befriended a goat on the farm and Henry de Bromhead has to bring the goat over with him so over in Cheltenham in his paddock was uh, Monley and a goat yep magic Look it up and at the races they have the video of it it's well, absolutely the, brilliant the goat would have probably beaten death duty on the day and Death Duty uh, just had everything go it's everything went wrong it's been a graveyard for favourites that race Has, yeah. yeah and in fairness to Brian Cooper he more than looked after him he didn't kill him the horse was no worse for it John shipped him at last like just yeah but like you know as in the chance was gone just the ground was a big thing for him I thought he just hated hated every minute of it mm. and um, I wouldn't be ruling him out he'd be one of these horses on heavy ground who'll win some decent races no, it's like no more heroes it's like a, a yeah, yeah, horse that'll go on and you know yeah, take Gordon Elliott face value this is still yeah. a gold cup horse and we'll we'll get there in time with Death Duty yeah. so 
Um, okay, let's before we do talk about the Gold Cup because I know that's where we're going to end. Um, Pasha the Polder won the Fox Hunters, and I wish I could ask oh. the time and say that was so obvious. Having watched it last year under Vicky Pendleton, finish on the steel. It was so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, year, this year, it's a few lengths, uh, a few lengths better off. Well, Victoria Pendleton could have been done retrospectively for not giving the horse the best yeah, chance I'm to win the race, it. didn't she? But the um, look, she uh, couldn't find top gear on that one though. Brilliant ride. I thought Katie Walsh could have had wonderful charm a bit closer. The horse finished with an absolute wet sail. Oh, unlucky. Uh, it was very unlucky. Yeah. Uh, um, but the winner deserved it. Um, Albie Frost or whatever her name is, she gave Brian it a, Frost. She yeah. gave it a peach of a ride. Yeah. And uh, Pasha de Polar at sixteen to one or whatever he was, it was an ignorant price, and I didn't even clock it. To be honest with you, in hindsight, in hindsight, it was an ignorant price. Yeah, the form was there. It was. It wasn't like it was one of them. You just laugh at afterwards and go, how did I not spot that? Like, but yeah, yeah, yeah. All the jamboree that went with it last year, and on the fringe, I hope he's retired. after this year he still ran his honest race just he didn't he did. have he did didn't have the all told yeah, and, and I think they will have Staker Wallace to come. you said that last time yeah, yeah. I think they yeah. will I think he'll be could be the one to take over the mantle yeah. Um, yeah Paul Nichols was ecstatic though to get a win on the board and uh, probably one that he maybe went into the festival not thinking it would be so he had a one two in the he Fox Hunters uh, we talked about Champagne Classic already of course with, with JJ on here uh, the Grand Annual wrapped it up and I'm still doing this before we come to the Gold Cup and uh, another winner for Jess Carrington of Rock the World who um, I think we might have given a little nod to on here and Dandridge ran well as well uh, in the race um, what do we make of the Grand Annual there's one I took out for the Topham um, oh, yeah. just at big odds uh, Bright New Dawn ran a blinder yeah. really really good race uh, two out he took it up he finished seventh he was only about 11 lengths behind him in the end but he jumped so well around that a race like the Topham might just suit him because he jumped big and bold the whole way but again that's, the, that's a side matter uh, Rock the World was brilliant Robbie Power said after he won the Gold Cup that um, he has to go and win the Grand Annual now. Yeah. But, you know, that's... He's still <laughs> well, got the It's actually what he said. Yeah. And um, couldn't have done it better. Fantastic week for them. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I sh- Another obvious winner that I didn't back. I made a lot of mistakes last week. And um, happy for the Ardo. Okay. Okay, let's talk about the Gold Cup because that was the third winner of the week for Jess Carrington, of course, and uh, and Puppy Power, and uh, Sizing John was the second one, and it it we, we talked about the Gold Cup at length on here for a few months now. Um, the one, two, three of Sizing John, Manila Rocco, and Native River wouldn't have been too high on our trifecta list, I don't think. Um, Sizing John was magnificent. though. Sorry, yeah. Um. <laughs> 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 Evan Dave, I think that's what you said, magnificent. <laughs> Brought everybody to a pause. It's Evan Dave, we're looking at each other. Yeah, look, this horse uh, put serious egg in my face. I, I really didn't value that Irish Gold Cup form at all, at all. No, um, and the day before you would have felt justified with Empire of Dirt's run. Yeah. It's too bad to be true. You know, just, uh, oh, I was sick. Um, look, he did it so well, Dean. Absolutely brilliant. I think Jack Adam, never backing him again. I think he, he definitely just doesn't say that trip and um, and the problem he has now is when they next year John Durkin will he have on the sound the John Durkin I mean there's a lot of horses the Ryanair you'll have that and, you know you have a lot of horses that will be taking him on in the races he, he has been winning as his prep races uh, it's going to be a very busy division and I think uh, Noel would be right Jack Adam will probably be better suited by dropping back now to the Ryanair Ryanair yeah so Noel was right about that but the the winner jumped so well Dean I mean two out it looked like he was just starting you know he jumped that fence so big and bold and the last as well brilliant 
training performance. De Potts, he has his flaws and everything else, but he's put a lot of money into the game and it was nice to see him finally get the, the big race no he wanted. looking at that performance and at his age, there's no reason why he won't be back there next year, which yeah. is a very, a very good chance. And Puppy Power game, uh, like a superb ride because mm. he's a very extravagant two mile and he just dropped him in and kind of really settled him. And I suppose it's Harlan the Bromhead who's done the majority of work on the horse now to watch, you know, lose the horse and then Jessica actually made the decision to step it up and trip. He had to watch enough. Super Sunday and Sizing John yeah, this week, yeah. Yeah, he could have had three. Yeah, but again, you kind of move on from that in racing anyway, don't you? It's yeah. kind of part and parcel of it. Well, I think, you know, we talk about the Bromhead there, but a lot of credit has to go to Jessica Harrington. Oh, amazing. Because they stepped up and trip. First runner ever in an Irish Gold Cup wins. First runner in a Cheltenham Gold Cup wins and you've got to have the horses but I thought Jessica gave a lot of the praise to uh, Puppy because Robbie after the first run got straight off the horse and said to Jessica Harrington don't enter him in the Queen Mother enter him in the Ryanair and the Gold Cup and we'll see where we go I suppose the big question now will be will Jessica be able to bring him back there next year and keep the pots sweet or will it be with somebody else if the Potses decide to move horses away from Jessica after the week that she's just managed to uh, to provide them with I'd be worried about old Tizard maybe would you but you wouldn't be ruling it out though, no. but, uh, but look all credits. it was nice for them as well as that a horse that deserves an awful lot of praise as well is Nella Rocco he had a bad year a fantastic run fell so twice they absolutely him. they campaigned him oddly though didn't they, they but maybe they he fell really badly against many clouds and that completely knocked out his schedule mm. for the year yeah. he came back in the Irish Gold Cup they said he was fitting well uh, but Barry didn't pick him so I'd say that was a bit of an air opener that day he fell at the first um, you know and then Noel Feely gave him an absolute peach and he ran an absolute blinder the fact they're not running I haven't seen why they're not running it in the Grand National Did they want to and training for the Gold Cup next year that's why and uh they obviously feel then that cause the causes they they have enough ammunition for the Grand National. Well, as well, also they might have they might not have not not be blessed with Gold Cup horses, and they've got one for next year. They know it's finished second, so I, I think it's probably the right. I think call. I think it's the right call. If he gets a proper campaign, campaign next year, now, yeah. I think he was being put into the race as a warmer for the Gold Cup and he or for the Grand National, and they kind of blew him away. And what he did had he been closer turning in like he flew up the hill and you have to feel they're very happy because of cause it's now for the national that's it exactly and yeah, they would be they would be you know so anyway. he's a horse to really mind now he's not old at all and how strong I keep coming back to it that four miler form second and third in the gold cup third in the ultimate and local show ran a blinder as well in one of the races and Southfield um, Royale would have won doing hands Southfield <laughs> <laughs> Royale yeah. <laughs> we'll move up from that one James King was never happy with him no, but look no, Dean no. it was back over hurdles. it's a gold cup that's very hard to weigh up at the minute <laughs> it's a hard race to weigh up we don't yeah, know what like, stands uh, where like Native River ran much bigger than we thought he would do on that ground so he has had an amazing season and improved that's it beyond all and that actually got away from a lot of people a brilliant run a brilliant run from yeah. Native River Jack Adams won his race again and just been found out again uh, Safia Duret is pretty close up in fifth place in that Gold Cup and then more of that in Bristol to my Champagne West wasn't good enough at all no because no, he actually jumped well very disappointed well. in him yeah very disappointed in him no he may have left that race though you know that was a was a very big performance the time before that so I wouldn't give up on him he's definitely a national type anyway for something somewhere yeah um, yeah yeah. so time will tell what that Gold Cup form looks like um, Size and John was a very good winner in the end brilliant winner who stayed the whole way to the line jumped really really well all the assets of a gold cup horse um but next year i'll probably be taking him on all year again i think 
Well, let's see, <laughs> to what, be honest, with you. Let's see what he does. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was uh, Cheltenham 2017. Um, we've had some great guests on this. We will be turning attentions to the flat season soon, and it's way too soon. Oh, we've Andrew Punches on first time. Thank Andrew goodness Punches. for yeah. that, because, yeah. yeah, once we get to the flat season... Uh, and then Galway. Might, yeah, I'm not sure it's possible for me to struggle for winners as much as I have on this podcast, but when we get to the flat season, you really will see a man drown. Uh, let's move and uh, and wrap it up thanks very much Dave McGurin thanks very much Dermo uh, you've been listening to the and are you putting up anything for the weekend no the, the race is not amazing this weekend Arrogate I think will win a Dubai <laughs> <laughs> I just thought there was one really well handicapped horse to have a look at it's yes. former Kelso uh, he's won three times at Kelso absolutely smashed t- uh, Tenor Neve last time out by 21 lengths uh, sell them in if single, uh, if single, oh, what's the, the, the top? I'll see you. No, see you at midnight. The top. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he stays in, uh, sell them in and run off ten twelve. Sell them in. Sell them in. Sell them in. And yeah. I think it'll take a lot of beating. And in the Irish Lincoln Dean, I think Ozzy Valentine is on a cracking weight. Uh, he ran off ninety two last year to finish second to Shrewdhan, who's gone up an awful lot of pounds since fifteen sixteen pounds. Mm-hmm. And Shrewdhan runs off five. Or uh, Ozzy Valentine runs off five pounds lower. So that's my first flat tip of the season, and it's Ozzy Valentine. He's about ten to one at the moment. Yeah, Paul Dings. His yeah. his first his kind of prep race for this now. His last run was behind Red Avenger, and I wouldn't be ruling out Red Avenger either. The, I mean, I know connections to Todd Gold for the English Lincoln with it. Uh, he's been a revelation since he came off from Gary Moore's, and I th- I think he'll run a big race. And There's if the a reverse forecast to run Tribal Path in it, and the ground is heavy. Well, then I'd give Tribal Path a squeak. Uh, Massive really odds. more known as a 7 4 long, 6 4 long horse, but I think we'll get the mile and I think off A5 could run a race. But I'd, I'd say, yeah, Ozzy Valentine and Red Adventure, I don't think you'd go far wrong with them. Yep. You, you were both talking about a flat race on heavy ground before Aintree. Yeah. Not. It was a bit turn of proper racing. <laughs> Woohoo! Thanks, lads. Cheers, Dino. Cheers, Dino towards the final turn Native River and Jackadam Jackadam hard on the bridle but now Sizing John is poised to challenge he's angled out by Robbie Power Safir de Rur is back in fourth and then Champagne West and Bristol de May Jackadam and Native River are joined by Sizing John as they jump two out Jackadam got into the roots of it he didn't lose too much ground though but Sizing John is given the initiative and it's Sizing John that forges into the lead Safir de Rur running on on the outside, brilliant jump at the last by Sizing John, Jackadam trying to fight back in second, Native River on the far side, up the hill Sizing John, Jackadam fighting it out in second place with Native River, but Sizing John is holding them all under Robbie Power and wins the Gold Cup Sizing John, tight for second Manella Rocco